I think our God might be a little bit on the good side. <laughs> Ooh, man. You know, it's so amazing to me how his goodness affects us in different ways. How many of y'all are football fans? What a weird question in the middle of a Holy Spirit move. Well, sorry, but Holy Spirit did not just leave the building. You ever go to a football game and, and uh, I don't, so don't get mad at me. But you know, you'll look and you'll see some of them people and they look just like this. Some of them, the kiss cam will hit them and they'll be like, and then, and others will almost like throw a leg over, like wanting to kiss. Some people are like, yeah, that's my team. And one drunk guy will party with the next drunk guy. They don't even know each other. They'll high five. They'll, they'll spear beer and popcorn. And, and you know, I'm talking about a, uh, y'all's kids games. No, I'm just kidding. You ever been to these kids' games? Boy, some of these parents, they get crazy. Like, man, that's my kid, yes! And then some of them are like, hey, you better do this, is it? And some of them are like, oh man, now that's very good, very good. It's all over the place. Why? Because we're all different. And uh, it's beautiful uh, that we're no longer in the stink of religion that we think that all of our worship has to look like something you know what your worship looks like? Look in the mirror and find out. That's what your worship looks like. Your worship is you. It's your heart to the Father. Some of y'all are romantics and some of you aren't. Those of you that aren't, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Some people bring flowers and some people don't want them. Some people remember anniversary dates and some people don't. I do, Raquel doesn't. Shame on her. I'm just kidding. I love you. My point is that it always, it looks different, right? And in this house, there's no judgment. Now, in a little bit, I don't know, we might have to roll Roger and Rebecca over to the side. I don't know. I'm scared that Ryan might blow a hole in that wall next time he yells. And John will do this side. <laughs> but listen, did you notice that there was a change? Like it was already good, right? Like it's, it's just good, Eric. And then all of a sudden, this guy yells out this Jericho thing. And it went up another level. Did you feel that? Did you, did you hear that? Why is that? It's because we're not stuck in religion like he's wearing a cap in church. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we used to think that way. Shame on us. Forget that junk, man. The beautiful thing, the beautiful thing is that he's moving in this place. And you and I have the opportunity to increase our capacity with him. Listen, um, for years I used to say, and we sing it now. I, I think we even said it a while ago. Oh, Lord, we want more. You remember? I need you more. You remember that? 
more than yesterday and all that. And we would say, oh, Lord, give us more, give us more, give us more. And I really think that he's up there like, man, I already gave everything. Now, I don't think he's negative at all. Don't, 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 don't go there. Pastor Chris didn't say that. What I'm saying is that he's already poured out his all. He's given you and I full and complete inheritance in the kingdom. We are seated right beside his son in heavenly places. You and I have the full authority. Yes? Do you have authority? Oh, we didn't even talk about power yet. You have full authority and power, and you have the mind of Christ. Ephesians says that you have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Oh, Lord, Jesus. So it's not about him giving more. It's about you and I being able to receive or open our capacity. It's about you and I to being able to step into something that we're not in right now. Going beyond where we are, doing what we're not doing now, stepping into that scary place. Oh, it's scary to step out in that unknown. I, I get it. Yeah, jump. <laughs> Sometimes I want to play that song in here. Crisscross and make you jump, jump. Let's jump in there, right? Chris Mac Daddy. Number three song in 92. You know she knows. <laughs> so my point is, is that no matter what you're experiencing right now, know that he's in the room. He's, he's here. And he's just simply trying to increase in us. So what do you need increase in today? Well, hopefully we'll find out by the end of the service, if you haven't already, because there's more for you. There's more for me, and I'm sorry, but I'm going first. <laughs> so, Father, I just thank you so much for such an amazing group of crazy weirdos that love you to death. Man, God, I love these people. And I think, I'm so thankful that they allow you to move in a capacity in this place. Because if it wasn't all of our hearts uh, united and wanting more, wanting to reach in, then, then Father, you would be hindered, not by your uh, capacity, but by ours. And so, Father, I thank you that we're in this place where we can come together united and have you move in our presence. But you know, Father, today, I want to move in yours. I, you're, you're moving in my every life. But today, Lord, help us to move in your presence. We, you, you are our, in you we have life and our being we live and move and have our being. And Father, today, you've already moved here in us. Let us move in you today, Father. Let us, let us be captivated in some other area in our life or some, a, a greater depth even of some aspect of our, of our understanding of you. Let us go deeper today, Father. Let, let something unlock in our revelation and our understanding today so that we would be the kingdom people, the sons and daughters that you're conforming us to be. 
In the name of Jesus, amen. Man, he's good, amen. Do y'all need me to switch mics? This one, it's, it's echoing pretty, it's ringing up here a little bit. I don't know if y'all can hear that or switch them. I'll be right back. No. This one. Oh, that'll wake you up in the morning. He's good, amen? Man, <clears throat> sometimes you just don't know what to do, but just enjoy it. <laughs> He's just so good, man. Um, well, there's a, there's a lot to cover and a lot to go through, but, you know, one thing about us here, of course, I see a lot of uh, visitor faces, new faces, friends of old. Uh, maybe that was a month ago, maybe. I don't know, but uh, it's good to see everybody. Um, you know, um, it's amazing um, what he is doing, but what you are allowing for him to do. And it's just an amazing thing when you continue to pursue and we see what he's, what he's doing. I, you know, Raquel and I, in all of our years of ministry and being, we, we've... Um, we got saved when we were teenagers, um, and, you know, I'm in my late 40s. I'm 48, not ashamed of it, you can tell. You know, she's still 25. And um, in all those years, it's just, it, it was so many years of religion and, and weirdness and stuff. Uh, hurt, hindrance, it was just religion, it was just junk. And we're at this place now where it's so unbelievable, unbelievably amazing. Um, sometimes I use double uh, adjectives, and that's okay. I can do that. Um, because we're seeing God do something that, honestly, we have not experienced before in our life. And, you know, yesterday we came together as family for our family over here. Well, they're kind of all in that area right there now. <laughs> they're kind of spread out. And uh, we came together to celebrate the life of their son. And you as the body, uh, man, you stepped up in an unbelievable way. Uh, you know, um, I want to really thank everyone who had a hand in, in making everything happen. Um, I was pretty overwhelmed with what, was, what we were about to do and, and what we had to um, step into. And... For the first time, uh, in all the time, uh, you know, this isn't a, a knock, this is a beautiful thing, but it was the first time, I didn't have to think about one chair, I didn't have to think about the parking lot, I didn't have to worry if, you know, plates, cups, drinks, kitchen, uh, who's at the, I didn't have to think about any of that at all. And I hope that I'm communicating this well enough um, I love and appreciate Raquel and I can't stop talking about you people and how amazing you are. And so we just wanted to thank you um, for your love for this community. So can you give yourself a hand clap? Yeah. It's just beautiful what's going on. And there's, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens next, right? I think we're going to get through this Christmas season and, and holidays, and I think the new year, 
uh, is going to be completely, I think it's going to go even more bonkers crazy than we imagine. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we've got a lot on the books and a lot of stuff coming up. A few things uh, to talk about uh, real quick is Angel Tree is, the end is. Well, there's some free today. Can I say something real quick about Sure, real quick. <laughs> well, I didn't mean that rudely. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so I know uh, several of y'all have came and asked me when the gifts were due. They were due today. But no shame, no guilt. We're in a house of just love, right? Love your hearts. So I'll be up here Wednesday. What time do you have to be Wednesday? I'll be up here Wednesday at 7. So you can bring your gifts then. So if that works for everybody. If that's not good for you, just let me know. Cool. So if you don't know, Angel Tree is a ministry that we've been involved with for a lot of years. And it's where we, we provide Christmas for uh, families of people who are incarcerated. And um, it's a huge family ministry. That's one of the main things about CORE is, uh, CORE Church is we're, we're all about family number one, uh, business, and the church. That's, that's the three main areas that we feel called to attack in a godly way. Uh, we want to uh, affect those three areas um, for good, and we want to infect them with the kingdom. We want to spread some sickness, not the Rona. Um, but uh, so we've been able to build a, 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 some of these families have been coming uh, with us in Angel Tree for a very long time. And so we have a, a unique relationship with them. Marilyn heads that up for us. So if you have any questions about Angel Tree, then, you know, please see her. But, um, you know, it's, it's just an amazing ministry that we get to be a part of. This year we're not doing a party because of the, the corona and all that. So they're doing drive-by, uh, um, giving their gifts and that kind of thing. Um, there's also our church Christmas party got moved to the 20th? 27th at 6 p.m. All right. Um, so that's, that'll be, you know, our in-house um, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, and all that good stuff. We're going to have some fun. Uh, you're welcome to join us. Um, how many of y'all have been in the living room? Is that thing gorgeous or what? Man, uh, Roger and Zoe had these ideas, and they, weren't, they didn't talk. Holy Spirit talked to both of them, and, and then they both talked. Well, Roger talked to me, and I said, oh, man, that's cool. Talk to Raquel. And, and Zoe talked to Raquel, and, and she was telling uh, Zoe about what Roger had told me, and we were talking, and, and, and then, boom, we have the living room. We don't have fellowship hall anymore because we don't want a fellowship. We want to live. And I don't mean that as a slap. We <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so I really encourage you to go back there and take a look. It was the idea and, uh, of Roger and Zoe and uh, they came together and, and so many of y'all helped put all that together. It's just beautiful. Um, and so take a look. Uh, John and, and Zoe and I know I think Ronnie's cooked a couple times or something. I don't know. I don't have it all straight. But uh, we have breakfast in there at 9 a.m. Some, some type of thing and I just heard him bragging about Ronnie's waffles, so uh, now we all get an invite to Ronnie's breakfast. Yeah. And if that wasn't his waffles, he better learn how to make them. <laughs> um, there's, there's just so much of that kind of stuff that's happened that's changed, and uh, I love it because um, 
The church is never, never supposed to have been about these walls and the rigidness of religion. It's supposed to be about the kingdom. And, and that's what we want to do here. So uh, we just want to share the kingdom and live in the kingdom. That's it. It's simple. We want to be family. Families don't always like the things we each other do. That's going to happen, right? Sometimes we're going to iron sharpen iron, right? Sandpaper is good to make finished edges. So if I rub you wrong, forgive me and let's talk. <laughs> I've been known to do that. But anyway, um, there's also uh, our tithes and our offerings. So um, we're, we're going to, we finally, due to all the corona and all that stuff, there was an issue with getting the name legally changed from the river to Core Church. But all that's taken care of now. So um, it is now officially core. We have not set up the text to give yet. We have to fix that. And I don't know, Sarah decided to get married a couple weeks ago, and so she's slacking. <laughs> Slacker. I don't know. Something about a honeymoon for a week, and I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, so we're going to get on that. Hopefully at, right at the beginning of the year, we'll have all that squared away. So for tithes and offerings, if you're looking to text to give, uh, please see Sarah so we can set you up. She's back there at the booth right there. Uh, we'll get all that squared away uh, and, you know, not give to the core church that's in L.A. Uh, unless you want to. <laughs> you do what you want. But uh, the thing about tithes and offerings, um, uh, Raquel and I, we don't get a salary here. So this isn't, you know, I need a little cha-ching. Uh, it's, it's simply to further what you guys want to do. That's all it is. Um, and, um, we, uh, there's, there's three things about tithes and offerings is the tithe. Uh, the Lord tells us in the word that he blesses the gift. He blesses what you give, right? He multiplies it. We saw that yesterday because we did not have enough food to feed everybody, but somehow or another, uh, we had a full box of, of 50 pieces of chicken left over. We saw our miracle happen. There was a hundred, there's 129 people in here yesterday. Standing room only in the back kind of deal, and it was crazy. But he blesses the gift. When you give, he blesses it. And then on top of that, he turns around and he blesses you as the giver. And then you get an added bonus because he holds back the devourer. That's a very specific name uh, that the word talks about. And so uh, keep in mind that the enemy comes to what? Still kill and destroy. And it's very interesting to me that he, that, that the Lord was very specific in that aspect that he says he holds back the devourer. It's because he comes to try to devour that part of your life. So there's no pressure or anything at all. Uh, you follow your own convictions with tithes and offerings. Uh, I will tell you, I can go story after story, testimony after testimony of how God has provided for Raquel and I um, because we give. And that's not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth of the reality of, of him. As you give, he gives back, multiplies, and, and just it's beautiful. So, um, Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to give. We love you for what you're doing. And uh, I just ask you bless every single person uh, in every, every single bank account in this place and those online. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we do have the offering plates back there if you want to get up and if you're writing a check or something like that. Uh, it has to be, please see Sarah if you're writing a check. Uh, and I think uh, it was uh, Sarah's fault again that we ran out of envelopes. <laughs> Roger, you have affected her in a, in a weird way, my brother. 
we got to talk, man. Anyway, um, so if you need something, please let us know. Sarah's back there. She's amazing. I know. You know oh, you have envelopes. Okay. And Lydia loves to correct me. I love it. <laughs> See, that's that sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing, where are our kiddos? Yeah, look at y'all. Stand up there real quick, man. All right. So we have Lydia. Uh, sometimes I mess with her and call her Lydia. Um, she really is amazing. And her and Sarah have, have teamed up. And, but uh, Lydia right now is running our children's ministry. And, you know, they don't go back there just to watch, you know, um, I don't know what the veggie tales. Yeah. They don't go back there to watch Larry Boy. She's actually got a lesson plan, and she's actually teaching them about hearing the Holy Spirit. She's teaching them about the prophetic. She's teaching them about words of knowledge. Um, where we, where there is no junior Holy Spirit, amen? And so she's teaching them how to be kingdom, and I love it. And it's a learning and a growing process. And so, Lydia, we thank you for your hard work. Um, yeah. And um, so we just pray over all of y'all, just that just you'll hear the Lord, that Lydia will not have to smack anybody, and that it'll all be good in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm joking. She's not going to smack anybody. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, make a note, um, you know, if, uh, for those of y'all that are, you know, core family, Man, if you would help us out with something, I mentioned this a couple of times, uh, and I'll, I'll probably you know, just start making it more sporadic. Um, how many of y'all have seen any of the videos that we've had on YouTube? And yeah, um, I, I'll admit, I struggle with watching and listening to myself. <laughs> I'm sitting here, and I'm, oh my God, you idiot, man. What do you say that for you? And Raquel's over here. I told you, I've been telling you, I've been trying to tell you, you won't listen. So, but, but um, I, I, I love what we've done. <laughs> that is not true. Raquel does not tell me that. There, I cleared it up. Josiah, if you put the first part in, put the, my apology in there. I, I, really, I really am, uh, am, am thankful. You know, we decided uh, a couple of months ago to make this step to get your message out to the world of who you are and what you're doing. And that social media touches every aspect of life. Amen? Um, and uh, the, that, that whole media mountain is, uh, is, is infecting all of our lives in one form or another. And so we, uh, we reached out and we found uh, this amazing young woman, uh, Cindy Rendon. And she helped us with, you know, learning a little bit deeper about Instagram and uh, Facebook and this whole thing about reels and all this stuff. And it's been amazing. And then her husband, who's back there, he is also equally amazing and talented. And um, so we jumped off. We bought some top-of-the-line equipment. Uh, you know, we don't, uh, uh, don't want to play around. We want to be serious. And so um, we've been recording the messages and then going back and we'll edit and we post the video up. And that's all so that you can share uh, and, and people can see what's going on here at CORE. Um, and see how you're going to change the world. They're going to come back one day, and they're going to watch and say, wow, this is how they did it. Um, and I mean that without arrogance. I don't mean that arrogantly at all. You people really are going to change the world with what we're doing here. Um, we're going to attack and infect Conroe <laughs> very uh, abruptly, I think. 
Uh, we're going to see Conroe. Not that it's a bad city. I love my city. I love Conroe, man. I do. Uh, but we want to see it changed uh, to be that place that, that is talked about as, man, that place is awesome. That place is, and not so much that we're all walking around the streets carrying our Bibles and smacking people in the face with them. I'm talking about just that when people come to our city, they know a difference. That's what we want. And that's going to happen because we bring the kingdom. And so by putting these out there, I mean, if you could go and share the videos, um, if you could like them and comment on them, if you do like them, if you don't like it, then that's okay. You know, don't put a bad comment on there for me. <laughs> Come talk to me. Hey, Pastor Chris, you said this isn't, man, tell me, okay. Uh, and then also, we also have a podcast now where uh, our messages are actually on an audio podcast. It's so crazy to get that email that says you've been approved by Apple. <gasps> Apple, wow, you know, um, and so that's where we are as a community, and I can't imagine where we're going. It's crazy to think about, but anyway, is that good? Are you with me? Yes? So if you can, go in and like and share and all that good stuff. Um, whew. All right, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Psalm. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere this morning that um, um, this kind of... Kind of came out of nowhere for me the last couple of days, but Psalm 85, and uh, I'm actually going to be in the New King James Version this morning, uh, and I will read one portion of it out of the Passion. Um, Psalm 85, let me know when you get there. Give me an amen or a shazam or something. Uh, that's what we used to tell the kids at Kids Church. We don't want to say amen. We sound like the old people. Okay, say shazam. Then we couldn't get them to stop saying it, right? <laughs> um, Psalm 85. So um, this morning, um, how many of y'all are just blown away with what's already happened? Like, did, did anyone else have like an encounter here today? I know I did, man. And, oh, I forgot to mention, we have several people online watching with us and uh, I, from here, I can see Jamal because his uh, his deal. But it looks like Sanchez is on. I can't see everybody else. But hey, welcome everybody that's that's on. Uh, welcome. Um, we uh, we aren't live streaming yet from the cameras. That's a whole other step to do. Um, but we do have Zoom on this computer up here, and um, that's because we have some people that uh, they're still not able to get out yet due to Corona and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, man, Psalm eighty five. Um, this, this is, a, how many of y'all know the story of Korah in the Old Testament? Um, they were the ones that uh, they kind of rebelled against God and the ground opened up and swallowed them and all that stuff. Well, the sons of those guys wrote this psalm. And um, what I, I want to I really hit on a couple of points uh, today, and I'm not going to be long at all, I don't think. Um, but so... One thing I've been trying to really hit on in my own life and share with you as well is what we call a righteousness consciousness. Um, for so many years, uh, all we've known is what's called a sin consciousness or a sin nature. Uh, how many of y'all ever thought of God kind of like Zeus, like he's waiting up there with a lightning bolt to smack you, right? Right? Go ahead, slip up. Oh, you slipped up and said a cuss word. 
shazam, and he hit you with a lightning bolt, right? Or you didn't tithe, and he gave you a flat tire, and whatever else. And people, I remember when uh, Katrina came through, we had all these people said that God sent Katrina to New Orleans to wipe it out because it was so evil. I'm, I'm sorry. If you believe that way, we don't. Uh, we don't believe that God is that way. And we can show you in the scripture with the new covenant how it is. And um, don't want to offend or, or bother anybody. That's just where we are. Um, and that is what we call kind of the old covenant or a sin consciousness. Um, do you know what happens to you when you get born again, when you get saved? You get changed, correct? There's been this conversation about when does that happen and, and you know, in the, in the um, I'm just a good old country boy, so my grandma used to say, in the olden times, right? But in the, in the olden times, uh, it was all about, you need to come down here to this altar in front of everybody and, uh, and to show you're your surrendering to Christ and we'll kneel with you and you pray after me. And don't forget to sign our card and check your name <laughs> or check the box, right? And then um, I, I kind of joked about this a little bit last night at the service uh, for Joshua. And um, I was talking about my family, half of them were Catholic and the other half were Baptist. And uh, it used to blow me away. My family was uh, pretty connected in the, in the Catholic church. And the, the Monsignor or Monsignor, I don't know, he, he's the, big, the bishop even one time came to the house. And him and my grandpa are sitting there. Uh, sharing shots of whiskey and telling filthy jokes. <laughs> what the heck, man? What is this? You know, and then I got the other side, the Baptist side, where they were like, if you even, like, it would be like, uh, you just thought a bad word, didn't you? You thought it. I, I, know, I see your face. You thought it. Yeah. Like, man. So one side is going for it and one side is trying to kill it. I mean, I don't know what to do. We're confused. I believe that's the state of the church. That's quotation marks if you're listening. Not the body of Christ, but the church of the world. The church, I believe, is stuck in a religious, sin-conscious state. Not the body. The body of Christ, I believe, is moving and growing. And some people find themselves in a church not realizing that they really need to be in a body. And so what, I, what my heart, what Raquel and I are trying to accomplish is to get the kingdom released around us and to teach you, empower you how to do that. That's our responsibility as a pastors here. As, as apostle and prophet, we're meant to build you up on that foundation and that foundation is, number one, righteousness, consciousness. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing a lot today. I am going to get in this word in a second. But just to kind of give a, a background real quick um, to kind of set the stage. Many of you already know this. Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, and they, they missed the mark, right? They, they believed a lie, and, and sin entered the world. Uh, which means missing the mark. That's what the word sin means. Um, it's, it was actually like an archery term. And um, so God provides a way. And, and you know, for so many years, uh, I used to 
preach over and over how in the Old Testament there was only atonement, there was no forgiveness. I found out that's not actually true. That's a whole other series of teachings. But did you know that Cain was redeemed from the Lord? We think God marked him with a mark so that people would kill him. Go back and read the story of Cain. <laughs> that mark was protection. And Cain cried out to the Lord. And the Lord answered and responded. For so many years we thought that Cain was a picture of our God. Oh, you did sin. Shazam, you got a mark. And that's not how God is. That is not how our Father is. And it's proven in His Word that He left us. New Covenant is absolutely the heart of the Father. The New Covenant is who He is. And so, Adam and Eve, this happens, and, and on through history it goes, and Moses comes with the children of Israel uh, up to the mountain, and the Lord told Moses, bring the people here so they can worship on this mountain. And the people are the ones that did not want to do that. The people are the ones that wanted, no, no, we want the laws. Did you know that? God never wanted to give laws. He never wanted to give rules. He wanted the hearts. Wow. I just had a picture of that in a different way for me. Wow. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I got a moment here. Sorry. You know how the Bible in, in uh, Exodus, uh, it says that Moses talked with God as with a friend face to face. And that's what God wanted from the beginning. But man, at that state, his kids were too stubborn and blinded. And, and it didn't go that route. And so history had to push on and, 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 and life began to move. And, and the stage got set for Jesus to come in and to completely bring in the new covenant and wash away all that junk that had been built with rules and regulations. Um, are rules important? Yes, they are. Um, for our life, for a long period of our life, we live by the rules. And the way I describe it is like if this is the line, and this, let's just say that this line, there's no line, but let's say that there is a line and this is sin, this, or this is, this is the cross, and this side is B.C., before Christ, right? And this side is after salvation. This side is sin. And this side is grace. We believed that we had to live as far away from that line as possible. Because we didn't want our kids to experience what we experienced in life. Raquel and I come from different backgrounds. But um, there, were a lot of, there were a lot of bad things that happened in our life. Um, I could look around the room and I could probably ask you. Anybody in here ever been through a trauma? Anybody in here ever been through, don't, don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been through anything traumatic or anything life-altering? Anybody ever grow up being told you were stupid? You ever had a, a family member do that? Whether it's something as, as horrible as a violation or a word spoken over you your entire life, whichever form that was, None of us want those things for our kids. None of us want those things for other people. And so the way we were taught when we got saved as teenagers, as the church we were in, is very dogmatic, very militant almost. And it was, 
Man, tattoos are wrong. Tattoos will send you to hell. We'll go to Leviticus and look and show you, right? Um, oh, you're smoking a cigarette? Oh, let me shandai you right now. And that is just one of the biggest lie that the enemy has ever used. Do I think you should smoke? No, you shouldn't. It kills your lungs. Come on. Be smart, right? Come on. You know, um, drinking. Oh, that's the big one, right? You had one side that was saying, uh, well, Jesus, he turned it into wine. He turned the water into wine. And then somebody said, but he didn't drink it. Well, he hung on the cross. Do you want to do that too? I mean, man, there used to be all these arguments that would go back and forth, right? And listen, <laughs> oh, he was a, they called Jesus a wine bibbler, right? A, a drunk. He hung out with the drunks. Do I drink? Absolutely not. Is it because I think it's wrong? Absolutely not. If you want to do that with your life, you go ahead. There's no judgment. Like, seriously, we have no judgment with that anymore. We used to, and Raquel was really bad. But <laughs> growing up, alcohol played a horrible, horrible part in my family. Horrible. I seen my dad. I seen my grandfather, um, Raquel, in her life in her family, things that happened that were the worst possible things to happen, they happened because of alcohol. So there's no judgment from us, but that's why we don't drink. Don't ever feel anything weird about that if we're ever... I've been at, a, at places where some of y'all have had a, a little glass of wine or something, and that's okay. My point is, is that that's not how God is. God's not up there... Looking over the altar, you better get up here and pray for forgiveness of that. I'm going to smack you <laughs> on little things like that. What he's looking for is the heart. He's looking for the connection, the intimacy, the love, <clears throat> the passion that you have between you and him. Amen? Yeah. And so what happened is life began to move. Jesus comes in and he makes all these amazing statements and changes. You know, they, they bring the, uh, uh, I mean, he's on the Sermon on the Mount and, and he says, hey, uh, yeah, if someone, uh, if a Roman asks you to go one mile, go two. Because in, in those days, they had to do that. If, the Roman, if a Roman came and said, you know, if, if I was a, a Jew and John's a Roman and he comes and says, hey, carry my stuff, you had to do it for one Roman mile. You had to. That was the law. Jesus says, go with them a second one. Show them kindness, the heart, you know. And anyway, Jesus makes this amazing thing of the new covenant, and then God continues to move. And the point is, is that we get to this point where Paul makes this statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We're not going to go there today. You can, you can go. Um, and he, and he, he makes this statement. He says, um, for you, a, a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And many of you may know this. This is something that Valentin uh, has hit so hard and so well. And so there's nothing to add to it except that word, uh, new creation, it means prototype. <laughs> I gave an example last night about how I see how God created us before the foundations of the world, that he sat down, candlelight, wrote out all our DNA and your strengths and what you're going to you know, need to accomplish and all that. And 
And he, he did all that. And what happens is, is you and I in this world, when we're born, things happen. All these traumas we just talked about, all these situations that we're in. You know, it's like getting in a wreck that you didn't see coming. Nobody ever wants that. You didn't get to choose what family you were born into. Um, you didn't get to choose how you were raised, right? And the course of this world does something to you and I. And it pushes us in a direction, in a way of belief. And all along, that spirit of religion, that, that spirit of antichrist, that, that judgmental thought of God being like Zeus is just feeding off of that. And you feel condemned in your life. You ever, been, you ever felt condemned? Judged? You ever felt shame? Of course, we've all been there. We've all been there, right? And not one single ounce of that ever came from God. Why? Because, believe it or not, He took care of sin at one moment in history. There was one moment in time in history where sin was dealt with. Is that true? On that cross, Jesus uttered those final words, It is finished. And at that moment, life changes. And so we come back to this word that Paul wrote where he says you're a new creation in Christ, a prototype. That word prototype is not like, you know, you know uh, they do these uh, testings, right? Where they make a product and they send it out and people get to beta test it. I found that. I learned that the other day, John. I didn't know that. It's so cool. And, and so you might get a product uh, uh, that, you know, was just the testing phase. And they use that to kind of, they, they make 10 or 12 of them. And I found out they used to do this with Hot Wheels cars. Anybody like Hot Wheels cars? I'm from the 70s, man. I love them cars, man. I still got some. We found them when we were packing. What? So cool. And there's some of them that you can get in their prototype. It's like, it's like they make it. Yeah, that looks good. And they sign off on it. And then they put them into production. That's a prototype. But there's also the prototype that is a one-of-a-kind Never, be, never before seen and not to be made again, a one-of-a-kind. Think of like a, a Vincent Van Gogh painting. You know, he didn't make any copies. They didn't have Xerox back then. And the idea of a masterpiece being created that is a one-of-a-kind, priceless thing, right? That's the word that's used in that scripture. And so what happens is when you and I come into the knowledge of Christ, I don't believe that just because you walk down the aisle and say a prayer, uh, you know, hip-hop, hallelujah, I just don't care what the devil's going to do. You ever heard that one, right? Like, just because you come and do that, that now you're saved. Your born-again experience happens when you come to the understanding that he loved you and died for you. The minute you have that revelation, that understanding, there's a switch that flips in your nature. And it's an instantaneous. And now you are brought back into the standing of that prototype that God created you to be. That's your DNA, your spiritual marker of who you are. And old things are washed away or um, passed away. That word in the Greek actually means like when you void out a check. 
Like when you rip it up. Oh, man, Eric is so cool. He says, oh, you just, you just accepted. You just saw the revelation there. And he takes your whole old life, all that junk, and Ryan, he burns it in the fire. Gone. Peace out, homie. To the old life. And the new creation is left standing there. Amen. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then your life begins to take these steps. As you walk with the Father, you begin to learn and grow, and He does work on you, and you let Him, and then sometimes you don't. You fight. You kick against the goads, right? Sometimes it's all about, we surrender, we surrender, and you're over here, I'm not surrendering nothing. <laughs> you lock the knees up. You're not going to do nothing. We get in those moments, right? Anybody ever had God tell you something or show you something, and you were like, oh, no, God, I don't do that. <laughs> My point is, is that's the work on our life that he begins to do. Romans 8, 29 says that he begins to conform us to the image of his son. Amen. And that's all that work, those layers of things that come off. And the whole time, what we've got to understand, what I believe the church, the church has missed, is that we've been trying to change behavior and not intimacy. See, sin nature only works on behavior. How many of y'all whip your kids because they didn't do something? Or let me say, how many of y'all need to whip your kids because you didn't? <laughs> I mean, right? You know, they, sometimes they're in that moment and, hey, pick that up. No. Like in my day, I, I didn't know those words to my dad or my mom. No. Get the smack in the face, man. I can remember multiple, multiple times of having to do something because they told me to do it, not that I wanted to do it. Does that make sense? Like, clean your room. All right. You know you don't want to clean your room. Man, your heart is like... It's the same way. With sin nature, sin nature only looks at behavior. Changing your behavior doesn't do anything for your intimacy with the Father. It doesn't. Does that make sense? Uh, another way to think about that is that the law does not change your heart. Right? I know I drive a little fast. Hey, don't look at me like that. I drive a little fast. I tend to... Push the grace period six miles over. <laughs> but you know, the law is not going to affect in my heart, right? It only, back in my day, it only affected me not wanting to get my backside smashed with the belt. And that's what sin nature looks for. It wants to mess with your behavior to keep you tied up in an idea that the Father of all heaven is hung up on whether you got a tattoo or not. Does that make sense? Does he care about your tattoos? Absolutely not. I think some of them he likes. 
Yeah. Uh, our, uh, at, we're at our company, our operations manager, Jonathan, you know, he's got tattoos all over, man. He always wears long sleeves because, well, I'm, I have to be professional. And, and that's, I respect that because we deal with a lot of high-level people and stuff. But every now and then, he'll, when he knows he's going to be at the shop, he'll wear a short sleeve. And he's got this eye over here with three crosses in it and some other stuff and the, the shading on it. Man, it is so cool. I'm not going to get one. Uh, I think they're cool, but I'm, I'm not going to get one. That's not a judgment. I just, you know, I don't uh, need that. Does that make sense? So Psalm 85 gets us to a point where these guys, they saw the judgment of God. They, they knew what it was, um, that wrath and stuff that happened in I want to read all of it to get to these two points, and then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. So in verse 1, they say, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. Little side note, did you know that the Bible says that you are the tillage, or you're the land of the Lord? Did you know that? <laughs> has he been favorable to you? Yes, he has. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. Has he set anybody free in this place? Have you been freed from anything? Yes. So he's speaking to us. He says, you have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You see, in the Old Testament, they did know about forgiveness. You have covered all of their sin. What? This is Old Testament. Yes, indeed it is. He says in verse 3, you have taken away all of your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. And then he comes to verse 4 and he says, Restore us, O God of our salvation. Cause your anger toward us to cease. Um, another way to, to, to word that is, um, bring the, uh, as far as what the Hebrew language laid out was, so bring us back to loving you, God our Savior, um, and restore our hearts so that we'll never again feel your anger rise against us. Verse 4, one more time in New King James, is restore us, O God of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. It was this idea, this thought is still hanging on of, man, is he mad? It's interesting to me. But then verse 5, uh, will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? These are questions that he's, that he's posing, right? Um, and then in verse 6, he says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? It, it's one of the most powerful verses that I have in my life that I hold on to. Revive us again, God, and give us a fresh start. So reviving uh, is for something that's dead. I don't really want revival in my life. <gasps> I thought you liked Bethel and you're a revivalist. <laughs> yes, yes and yes. Went to VSSM too, I get it. But revival is for something that's dead. Awakening is for something that's living. And I'm alive in Christ. And I don't mean to be goofy and, oh, I'm being, you know, I'm splitting hairs or whatever. That's not it. I want my language to change so that my, my thoughts change that, I'm no longer trying to come to life. I'm trying to go deeper. 
I, I want to live in the secret place, in that intimacy level, right? I want to abide in there. I don't want to need a revival all the time. But I believe that this is in here because there were these ups and downs in their life just like there are in ours. Anybody ever been in the valley? Oh, you a backslider. You remember that one? John 6, 66. They turned and followed Jesus no more. They backslid, right? People used to say that stuff all the time. My point is, is that we have to come to a point that as we're walking with Christ, as we're living with Christ, that we need to keep our, our, our minds attentive to the fact that he's constantly wanting to revive and awaken. See, you need awakening, in my opinion, but the people around you need revival. Your place of business, right? Your family. Last night, we had a lot of Eric and Rebecca's family here. And they're not all serving the Lord. Is that true? So last night, we were praying for revival and awakening. Does that make sense? Are y'all, are y'all with me on that? Okay, I want to make sure I'm making sense. Because John tells me sometimes I don't. Um, <laughs> verse 7, show us your mercy. I love you, John. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. But look at verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. That word folly is kind of interesting, and um, you know, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll leave that for now. But um, uh, this, this cry that I will hear what God the Lord will speak, and it will be peace. God speaks peace to you and I always. Yes? He, that's what he speaks. Um, verse 9, surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Uh, this this Zeus-type sin nature God, do you, I don't know that he wanted to give glory in, in your land or put glory on his kids as much as he wanted to correct us with the whip. Does that make sense? See, that's, that's a church culture, not a kingdom culture. And so, um, I love verse 9, that his salvation is near to those who fear him, so that glory may dwell in our land. Amen. Uh, in the Passion, it reads, For I know your power and presence shines on all your lovers. Your glory always hovers over all who bow low before you. It's a, it's a beautiful picture. Verse 10, though, there's a, there's a shift here in their, in their song that they're singing here. And he says, mercy and truth, they've met together. Righteousness and peace, they have kissed each other. And truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. You see that? Very important. Verse 12, yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. Is that true? We've got to come to a, a place, I believe, this is my thought, my understanding from what I read from the Scripture, is that He is only good. He is only good. And as His Son, He only gives me goodness. I can show you that in the Word. 
And it's so fascinating to me to get this reminder that, yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Our land will increase because he is goodness. Yes. And then this righteous verse 13, righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. So. There's this picture. How many, how many of y'all have, have, have ever um, like been around snow where you can make footprints? Yeah. Did you ever see your kids or did you as a kid ever follow in someone's footprints? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Like I remember uh, Russ, Texas is where my, my family is from. Um, that's the redneck hillbilly side. And uh, that's why I got a little twang in my, in my voice. And one year it snowed. It was a decent snow. It's kind of like here. It doesn't really snow that often. And for those of y'all that from Ohio or whatever, or Illinois, sorry, that's what we call snow down here. It was a little bit, just a little. It was enough that as we're walking to the deer stand, and I'm like, I think I was nine or ten, and I'm trying to step in his footprints, and I'm having to, he's making the way, right? He's, he's showing me where we're going to go, and come on, boy, keep up. Be quiet. <laughs> that was a big thing. 4.30 in the morning, I'm like nine years old. I don't want to go to bed, man. I'm carrying a gun. He was smart. He didn't let me load it until we got to the stand. He didn't want me to fall or trip up or something. And, but I remember, I remember stepping in his footsteps, right? And um, this passage says that righteousness goes before him and shall make his footsteps, your pathway. Think about that for a moment. Righteousness, that word right there in the Hebrew, it's got several variations of the definition. It means righteous, right? Uh, doing good, being vindicated. There are several other things that fall in line with that, but it means being right. And the thing about this is that that part of the father, like that's, well, actually, it's not part of him. It's righteousness is goodness. And that goes before he ever makes a step. And he follows that. And that path that he makes is where you and I walk our life out. You see, you may not realize it, but when you step into Christ, when you step into following after the Lord, you're stepping into righteousness. You have a righteousness state and nature of who you are. You are good. You're not a sinner. You're not a saint that occasionally sins. Yes, you mess up. Don't do it. Right? Can you go without sinning? Absolutely. I'll show you that in the Word too. Yes, I did. I got, I got called a, what did I get called that time? Heretic or heresy or something for that? I don't remember what that was. <laughs> Forget that word. I'm going to believe this word. Should you and I sin? No. 
Are you prone to it? Are there issues in your life, in my life? Yes. There's things that I need to work through that God is, is pulling me through and he's teaching and he's learning me. Well, see, Red, uh, East Texas just came out. He's learning me. Good Lord. <laughs> just like we cut that out, maybe. <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I'm, I'm authentic. I'm trying to be. The whole point of while I've shared all this today, and I, I really wanted to go into a lot more scripture, is simply that there is a mentality that is not true. And the mentality is a sin nature, a church culture base. Because you and I, we have a good father that made you and I good. For so many years in this church and in, all, in every church we've been involved in, it was always about what you do, not who you were. How good are you? Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you didn't do that. And, you know, it just was so much of that. And the bottom line is that none of that is true. Does that mean we just go live life whatever and however? No, it doesn't mean that. But we have to come to an understanding of the intimacy with the Father where He changes our life for what it needs to be. You know, I used to think it was wrong. Y'all know me, I'm a guitar player, right? I can't wait till we get some more instruments where I can actually play my electric. Oh, yeah. Shondai. I plan on ripping it up. I'm just saying. My most intimate moments. Now, this is me. When I'm in my closet, just me and dad, and I'm, I'm just worshiping. Man, I've got my tube amp. It's glowing. Them suckers are hot. And I mean, you would think that I'm playing back in black, ACDC. And I love it, Eric. I've, I mean, it takes me to a place that I love. I love it. But I used to be told that that was wrong. You don't want to know how stupid it is? Yes, stupid. We first got saved. We go to the, we're at this, this Baptist church, not knocking Baptist, that's just what it was. And they, they were talking to us, and I said, well, I play guitar. And at the time, all I knew was Van Halen, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath. That's what I was playing, right? And they said, oh, we don't play none of that here. You don't know. We got the organ and the Harmon B3. <laughs> or the, the Grand and the, and the Harmon B3. I was like, oh, okay. And then they started, I ended up selling all my stuff. I quit playing guitar because I was told it was wrong. And at 17 years old, I was ignorant and didn't think, we didn't know anything about Bethel or anything like that at all. And I, I threw away a piece of my life of how he wired me because of some stupidity that the enemy spoke and I listened. I didn't know any better. That's what it was. A couple years year later, we go to this crazy church. They were like, y'all, man, they're nuts. They're dancing. And I mean, we walk in, and I, oh, man, these people, they're going to hell. <laughs> That's really what my thought was. You know, and, and they were all over. They weren't over here. Man, they were shaking and going and like 30 Rebecca's up here, you know, and <laughs> had a flute in the present. I mean, it's crazy. Isaiah, I just saw you, man. 
Yeah, you, were, you might remember, you were a little guy, man. Harvest Outreach. Them people were crazy, weren't they? Nuts, man. Wacko people singing in English, Spanish, and Hebrew. I can still sing in Hebrew. I got about 10, 12 songs that I can sing, right? And they were crazy. And all this tongue talk. And, and because of religion, I walked in there and I was like this. And then this one wants to start clapping. Hey, hey, hey. I told her, I said, hey, what are you doing? And of course, back then, she said, shut up. You know? And, but the word pierced my heart. The word that this guy preached pierced my heart. It really did. So then we went back again. We, there's more to the story, and I'd love to tell it. I love to tell that story. <laughs> it's so cool, the change in my life that happened. I'll leave her out for a minute. Because it, it, she, was, she was hooked before me. But God met me at the altar at that place, and he changed my heart. I started playing guitar again. And it just took off, you know. But we were still in a, in, a, in, a, in a state of thinking, you better be right. You better be holy. The heck, man, I found out I'm already holy. I'm sanctified. I am. All because of a lie of the enemy. Does that make sense? Are you with me? And so... Started playing guitar again, and here I am. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that, man, I love Back in Black. <laughs> I do. I remember when my dad, when I first started playing guitar, and he said, boy, don't be playing that. I can't say that word. I don't think you should cuss either. I'm not going to do that. But if you do, then you talk to him. But my dad laid out some words, and he said, boy, be playing that. You play guitar, man. You play some George Strait. So I had to learn Amarillo by morning. <laughs> right or wrong, I'll always love you. I had to learn that, right? I'm just telling you my life, man. I had to learn all the George Strait, and, which I loved all that. And I'll still listen to George Strait. I will. Who's this guy you're going to sing with? Adriana, what's his name? Cody Johnson. Sorry if I just put your stuff out. Sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a word that you got, right? Or a dream or the Lord told you? I'm believing that with you. And that's okay. Cody Johnson, Texas country singer. Felt like the Lord is, is going to set it up where she's going to sing with him. I'm believing that with her. And you know what? When that happens, I'm going to go check it out. I'm not going to be like, oh, oh, we can't go in there. Shandai, go get the oil. Go get the oil. Go around the building. Throw it on the building. Does it make sense? We got to get away from this, this craziness that he's mad and that you're worthless, except for the blood, and you've got to beat yourself to death and... There's so much. I could go on and on. I'm sorry. I wanted to really point out that righteousness goes before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Your pathway as you follow the Father is his pathway, and it's righteousness. You are the righteousness of the Father. 
It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Does this make sense to anybody? Are you with me yet? Man. I, I hope that you leave out of here today wanting your life not to get better, but to get to more intimate. And he's, a, he's an intimate father. He loves you sitting in his lap or sitting in the chair beside him, whichever that is for you. You may sit at his feet, or you may be the one that sits down by the fire and, and y'all just kick your boots up. And it may be that you're the one that's crying in a sloppy mess. And that's okay. You know, there's no right or wrong. There's you and him. And what does that look like for you? This is where we have to pursue. This is what we've got to push into. Is what is it for you and him? Because you and I, we got work to do. Not for work's sake, but he created you to change the world. And we got to go out here and change the world. Today is just us to get together and have a big hoopla. Let's just get together and have this radical encounter and, and let God move. And, and we get all charged up and we go tomorrow and release the kingdom. We do it today when we go eat or wherever we're going to go. And we walk in righteousness because that's who you are. Amen? Stand with me if you would. And... Um, <clears throat> Man, Adriana, I'm sorry if I shouldn't have said that. I want to apologize in front of everybody. If that might have been personal, I'm what? Yeah. Mine's coming. <laughs> oh Lord, Zeus is on the way. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh man, I'm gonna get it so bad. Yeah. Woo. It's good stuff. Would you just right there where you are for a minute? You can close your eyes or not. You can put your hands up or not. or what, You can do whatever you want. But just for a minute, I want to ask you to think about... Um, think about who he says you are. There's been so many of us that we've been taught to not think that way, not to, to not think um, that you're good or it's about you. It actually is all about you. It's about you and him. So would you just think for a minute there, I want you to think about how he sees you, how he looks at you, how he loves you what he wants to see you accomplish, the hopes and the dreams that he has for you. And I'm going to tell you right now as you think about that, if there's anything negative in your thought right now, that is a lie from the enemy. That is a, what the Psalm 91 calls a fiery dart. It is not true. If there's any negativity in those thoughts, because all he sees in you is the finished work according to Colossians 1.6. He's faithful and just to complete the work. He sees you as a finished son, as a finished daughter. And so, Father, right now I ask you to solidify in each one of us right now 
Number one, I, I, re, I rebuke the thought of negativity. I feel like um, I feel like there's somebody here that um, you don't feel worthy to even think about how he sees you because of some kind of way that you lived or something that you did specific. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. He doesn't see you. Uh, you're not the woman at the well. You're you, and he is him. And all he sees is the beauty of how he created you. You know, earlier I, I made that comment that... Um, I made that comment that um, if you were told you were stupid all your life, for some reason that's coming back up in my in my in my heart right now. That like that that phrase is spinning over, and I I feel like maybe that was someone here that maybe you think you're stupid because you were told that, or maybe you feel like you're not adequate enough because of what was spoken over you. If that's you right now, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. I break all lies. I break all falsehoods and wrong beliefs in the name of Jesus. Uh, and I speak directly uh, to that negativity to, be, to leave this place right now. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is dad's house. You have no authority, no right here. And we push you out in the name of Jesus. We take full authority that we already own and walk in. And we push that junk out of here right now. Uh, I'm here to tell you, you're not stupid. You're brilliant. The enemy told you you were stupid because of your brilliance, because of what he's going to pull out of you and use you for. Um, if you're here and that first one was you that you don't feel worthy, or maybe you're maybe there's a little bit of shame there. Uh, there's no shame in this house. There is no shame in this house. We're not a house of judgment. We're a house of love, and the only the only thing you need to know. is how much he cares about who you are, how you are, and what you are. And to all three of those, it's just good. You're ju it's just good. I don't know if maybe it's somebody on Zoom. Um, you know, I don't have to know. Uh, it's not while I'm, while I'm saying this. I just want you to know that that's what I feel like the Father is showing me. I could be totally wrong. I feel like that's what he's giving me right now. And we want you to be free. And so, Father, I speak life. I speak truth. As we focus right now on how you see us, I pray right now you would give every person that's connected to this moment, whether that they're watching later on on YouTube, whatever it, whatever it is, if they're on Zoom right now, uh, anyone in this room right now, that you would give us a fresh new understanding, a fresh new look at how you see us. Let us, let us see the beauty in ourselves that you see. Let us see the strength in us that you see, that you put there in the first place. Lord, we're not talking self-help stuff. We're talking about the reality of who we are as your sons and your daughters. We are world changers in here. We are solutionaries we have the solutions to the problems that are around. And so right now, 
I declare that there is nothing but goodness in your hearts and your understanding of how the Father sees you. And now I decree, there's a difference. I decree right now from this moment, if that was you about the worth or the the comment about being stupid, I just feel like that comment about being stupid, I feel like that is, is really hitting somebody. I decree right now in the name of Jesus that that arrow will burn up, that those thoughts will vanish enemy will have no power over that aspect of your thinking of or, or of your understanding. And we pray for the peace that Jesus is to rest completely over you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal every bit of your word today and And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Lord, I I thank you, God, that you are so amazing. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring us into these places and these moments. I thank you so much for what you did, man, in our worship. It was just so powerful and cool. And I I, I pray that this word and all my rambling and jokes, I I pray that this just made sense to people. Lord, I pray that, that you would simply move in your people and help us to be who we were called to be. We thank you, Father, so much in Jesus' name. Amen.